First up, though, the weather is not the only thing that's getting cooler and cooler this fall. Canada's housing market is also in something of a deep freeze these days, thanks to those rising interest rates and sellers hoping that spring will bring new life to home sales in this country. As it tries to tame inflation, you'll know this, we've talked about it a lot, the Bank of Canada has driven up interest rates no fewer than six times this year alone, from a paltry 0.25% back in March to 3.75% now, with a further hike expected early next month. Now, historically, that isn't all that high. But if you combine high real estate prices that were already lingering with the higher cost of borrowing, it's caused trouble, especially for first-time buyers who simply can't afford to reach that first rung on the property ladder. So home sales have dropped since interest rates started rising to, as far as I could tell, to somewhat below pre-pandemic levels. Not quite, fairly even, but certainly nowhere where they were for a while there. Prices are also down, but they're still pretty high. They're well above where they were back in 2019. And that's not all. It's not just about sales. People who've bought homes when prices were really high and used variable rate mortgages because those rates were low, or at least were kept low, now find themselves paying a lot more for what they borrowed. Now, the Bank of Canada's Senior Deputy Governor, Carolyn Rogers, uh, spoke to this yesterday in Ottawa. She says the share of households with a variable rate mortgage has really increased over the last year. Homeowners with fixed rate mortgages may also be looking at higher payments when they come to renew, depending on when they took out their mortgage and whether they have room to extend their amortization period. So the bottom line is that mortgage costs for some Canadians have already increased and they will likely increase for most others in time. Yeah, that's that's banker for it's going to be painful for all of you with a mortgage unless you, you, know, you have lots of money squirreled away for it. So what exactly is happening on the ground? That's what I wanted to find out because it's fine to talk to economists about what's going on broadly. But where you really learn what's happening is if you head right down to the front lines. Now, just a year ago, Barrie, a big community north of Toronto, was one of the hottest housing markets in the country with people during the height of the pandemic leaving the greater Toronto area in droves looking for more space and slightly, and I mean slightly at one point, lower prices because prices really went up in Barrie. Well, prices there haven't fallen much, at least not yet, but the whole market seems to have come to something of a standstill. And joining me with more on this, uh, in her car, as one would expect, near Barry, somewhere around Barry, is a real estate agent and uh, REMAX Hallmark Peggy Hill Group realtor, Peggy Hill. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, Ben. So this is always the question. I know if we'd spoken to you uh, two or three years ago, you probably wouldn't even have time to speak to us because it was so busy. But what are you seeing on the ground these days? What has been the impact of these rising interest rates and uh, and this market that's been in flux for several months now? Well, I'll tell you, um, Barry was in a real crunch a couple of years ago. We had really no listings for the last couple of years, and we had no rentals. And our rental prices were actually, at times, we hit the first and second highest rent in the country. Wow. Very, very. Can you imagine that? And that was because of the pandemic and people were kind of running from the city and a lot of people were renting in Barry, where, you know, maybe they couldn't find the house they wanted or they wanted to try it. And now what you see is the exact reverse. Our rents are actually, we're finding pressure on our rents because there's so many rentals available right now. There's a lot of sellers that don't necessarily want to sell because a lot of them are playing the waiting game and like, like who's to blame them? It's not like anybody's going to tell you that the prices aren't going back up. So there are a lot of them are taking their homes off the market and renting them out. 
That's remarkable. So, so in other words, you have no supply, but also well, what about I mean, demand? What about demand? Demand is there. It's not like it was like, obviously it's funny because when you, when you go out to like Victoria or the Fraser Valley or anywhere, it's the townhouses that are moving. And that's how Barrie used to be. You couldn't get a townhouse in Barrie, but we lost our first time buyers because a lot of first time buyers were moving just outside of Toronto to get something reasonable. And now with the rates being what they are and the price is not coming down enough, they're no longer affordable. Your typical mortgage, if you're buying a townhouse for, I don't know, six fifty, seven hundred thousand, with ten percent down, you're looking at four thousand dollars a month to carry that townhouse. So it's not unusual that we would be sitting we're kind of at a stalemate right now we still have buyers we still have people moving around because you know real estate happens for life changes for whatever reason so we still have demand we just have zero supply like we have nothing that's remarkable i mean considering um when you look at you talked about those first-time home buyers that has a real impact on the market right because if they're not buying they're also not moving out of their rentals so that creates all kinds of it creates a domino effect. Exactly. If the first time buyers aren't buying, the middle aren't moving, the higher up aren't, nobody's moving. Like they, they are critical to this economy and we have to figure out how to get them back into this market. And really the rates aren't going down. So the prices have to. What about those who are in homes that we've been reading about this anecdotally, at least those who are in homes, they can no longer afford. Have you been, have you been approached by people who say, listen, I just can't, carry that I won't be able to carry this mortgage at these increased rates now I need to sell so when you when you look back to the 80s and I know a lot of people think that our rates are still very low and I totally agree our rates are very low however they've gone up astronomically in comparison to what they were a couple of months ago and back in the 80s we didn't have the prices of houses we have right now so our problem is that the houses are priced so high that once you know you get a variable and you have these rates and now your mortgage payments double and a lot of them are hitting that trigger rate that you've mm -hmm. heard about. Like you're paying more, you're just paying interest and you, the bank can't have that. So people's payments are going up. So you, you feel that. However, the job market is so strong and Canadians are so relentless when it comes to paying their mortgage. I haven't seen a lot of that yet. Now, whether people are just hanging on till after Christmas, that's that's yet to be seen. But you, we haven't seen a lot of people saying, I got to get at it. I got to get out of this mortgage. I can't do it. People are finding ways to do it. And that's because there's jobs. If there were no jobs and we had a job crisis, then we'd have a, a bigger problem. But while people are still working, they're still managing to pay their mortgages. But not selling their homes, right? So as you mentioned, it's just sort of, you've called it a stalemate. It is a stalemate because anybody anybody that bought in during the pandemic and bought with a fixed rate, they'd be crazy to sell their home. They'll never get that rate back. So they're they're done. They're they're sitting where they are. And then you have the people with the variable. They're the ones that are the most at risk. Anybody that bought during the pandemic, bought with a variable, with very little down. Now they've seen a 30% drop in their price. They have basically a lot less than that in you know, skin in the game. So what are they going to do? I think they're going to walk to the bank and hand their keys in because that's what I would do.
And then what happens if that starts to happen? Because then you have people paying just as much on their mortgage, but but their house is worth less than they paid for it, right? Exactly. So that's that's what we're kind of holding our breaths right now to see how it all plays out. And a lot of it is timing just because of the holidays. And a lot of people make these decisions come January. But if we see an influx of listings come January, then the prices are going to really hurt. They're going to come down even further. Peggy, what do you see happening in, in the not too distant future then? I mean, clearly... People are going to start to, you talked about the trigger rates earlier. It feels like people are holding on, waiting to see if the storm blows over, but it's hard to see it blowing over quickly. It, it isn't, it isn't, because the one, the number one key factor in this is the fact that we don't have the supply necessary to house all the people. And if the federal government keeps on their mandate of bringing that much immigration, these people need somewhere to live. Like, where are people supposed to live? And now you've seen, because of the rates going up, you've seen all the developers put their hands back in their pockets and say, I'm going to wait this out. Like, supplies are are so expensive. Money is so expensive. So they've kind of let their foot off the gas and just kind of wait and see. But the only thing I look at, and, and the one thing that's the most important, and I don't care about mortgage rates, I don't care about anything else. All I care about is supply and demand. If you see the amount of supply rising significantly, you have to know that we're in trouble. That's going to be our factor because right now our supply, it like take a town like Barry, we have less than two months supply. So all day long, it's a seller's market. It doesn't feel like it because there's not the abundance of buyers like there was. However, it's very much a seller's market. Now, if we start to see that creep up to the four, five and six months, our prices are going to soften and soften by a lot. So that's what I always tell people to gauge. It's all about the supply. And supply has been tight for, for ages. What would be some of the indicators uh, about, would it be, do you foresee a bunch of sellers coming onto the market all at once? What could possibly drive that considering they've held on till now? And, and presumably they could hold on for a while longer. It just means making some life decisions. Right. Everybody's waiting till the spring. I can promise you every client we talk to right now says we're going to wait till the spring when the unicorns come. I have no idea what's coming in the spring, but a lot of people think it's all going to be better in the spring. So if come January, like February, March, you you don't see much in, in change. Like if you see people start listing, finally, they're going to give up. Like people are not, they can't stay on the fence forever, especially if they're having financial difficulties. So they're not going to stay on the fence forever. As long as people are employed, they can still make their payments, right? Regardless of if how big or small they are, if people are employed, they can make their payments. It's it's when we start seeing significant job losses. And I mean, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get our jobless rate up. So in other words, if we if we do start to hit a recession, because employment's been so high that we haven't really seen some of the impacts we would usually see at this point in time, it must be a bit uh, nerve wracking in your shoes these days. The hardest part of my job is that people want me to give them some kind of direction as to what to do. What do I do? What do I do? And you don't, you know, I can tell you what I think you should do. Like if, if I thought you needed to sell, I would tell you to put your house in the market right now because we have no supply, you know, but I can't guarantee that it's not going to be higher in the spring because everything's pointing to the fact that it's going to be lower in the spring, but I can't guarantee that. And that's tough. That is really tough not to be able to give somebody advice that is 100% bang on because I really, that's what I get paid to do. Yeah. And with so little so little supply on the market too, once you decide to sell, where do you go? Well, I mean, at this point, if you're going to sell, you're going to rent. Right. Really? Yeah. I mean, why jump into the same market? 
personally, if I were going to sell, if, if I was having financial issues, I would stay on the sidelines and figure and see what happens. I mean, okay. homeownership is a beautiful thing, but it can't be the end all to be all. It can't be, you know, it can't destroy your family. It can't destroy your life savings. You must, I mean, you're, you're, you have a front seat to these incredibly important life decisions, buying a house, especially these days when it's such a big investment, you must've seen everything the past three or four years. It's a huge investment. And you know, when it was hot and, and everybody was wanting to, to bid on these houses and they, they had to have it. And you know, it, it's this frenzy and it, it sucked. It was awful. Real estate agents don't like those markets. Contrary to popular belief, we're paid to work in those markets, but we don't like them. We like these, you know, this is a good market. This is a market where you can go in with conditions. This is, this is a good market. And I think come April, the government's changing things in Ontario where it's going to be, you know, the sellers will have the option to basically have open bids on their home where sellers and buyers both see the price. Right. Which is another confusing part altogether. It is. But that does sound I, so yeah. silly. It's like two years too late. And it, it's just silly. Like, never mind that would be in an open bid process. Why would they? I know this is a tough question for someone in your shoes, but I mean, it feels like so much of our economy has been driven on this idea of real estate of late. Do you think we're going to have to get used to something a little different? I don't. I think real estate is a solid investment in this country. And again, it's all about immigration and it's all about the lack of supply. Sooner or later, right. the rates are going to start coming down. Most most economists that you talk to now are forecasting 2024 as a year where they can see us starting to cut back as far as interest rates go. So when that happens, all hell's going to break loose again because we don't have the supply. And and the thing is, sellers know that. So they're going to hang on as, as long as they can. And I don't blame them. Well, uh, Peggy, thank you so much for your view from right on the front lines. It's been fascinating. Thanks. Thank you.